BestBookBits.com presents Drive, The Surprising Truth About What Motivates Us by Daniel H. Pink. Published in 2009 and weighing in at 288 pages. Most people believe that the best way to motivate is with rewards like money. The carrot and the stick approach. That's a mistake, says Daniel Pink. He asserts that the secret to high performance and satisfaction at work, at school and at homes is the deeply human need to direct our own lives, to learn and create new things, and to do better by ourselves and our world. He examines the three elements of true motivation, autonomy, mastery, and purpose, and offers smart and surprising techniques for putting these into action in a unique book that will change how we think and transform how we live. The written summary can be found on our website, bestbookbits.com. So without further ado, I bring you the book summary of Drive. In a nutshell, rewards don't work. People are more motivated by internal factors than by external drivers. Once basic financial needs are met, people are more motivated by having a desire for mastery and a sense of autonomy, self-direction towards a driving purpose, M-A-P, mastery, autonomy, purpose. External motivating forces, especially money, tends to kill intrinsic motivation, leading to reduced levels of motivation. Key themes. Many managers have a belief that intrinsic motivators work and they see them as a useful way to control people. However, there is a scientific evidence that these are rarely provide long-term performance improvements. Why carrot and stick approaches no longer work. Reduction in algorithmic work. Taylor in the 1900s saw workers as a part of a complicated machine where desired behavior was controlled through reward and punishment. This mindset still dominates the way many companies manage their people. But his principles were born out of an era when most work was mechanical, repetitive labor, aka algorithmic, i.e. a learned, simple, repeating pattern. For those type of jobs that still exist, evidence suggests intrinsic motivators are still effective. Increase in complexity. These days, many people's work is more complex, constantly evolving, less routine, less directed, and more interesting, aka heuristic. This requires a different approach to management and motivation. Changing management structures. We are seeing a reduction in management levels in many organizations, requiring a less hands-on, more self-directed work patterns. Internet-driven open sourcing. Open sourcing such as Wikipedia, Linux, Firefox, Apache, cookbooks, stock photography, legal briefs, medical research, etc. is a radically different model. The reward is contribution and some recognition, but not pounds in the short term. Lacaney and Wolf Boston Consulting Group surveyed 684 open source developers. They found the primary motivation was the enjoyment from creating something in its own right, rather than any incentric rewards. A change in corporate focus. In 2008, Vermont was the first U.S. state to allow a new type of low-profit limited liability company, aka L3C, to be set up versus the for-profit or non-for-profit social cause-driven organizations. L3C aims to return modest profits to allow them to instead focus on their primary goal of social benefit. The reality of what really drives behavior. Rational-driven economic theory predicts that in a world of perfect information and low transactional cost, parties will bargain to a position of wealth maximization. But this is not what happens in reality. P. 
People make decisions more on internal factors than external factors. We spend hours mastering an instrument for no external financial gain. We leave expensive jobs to work to become teachers, nurses, or aid workers. As Frey writes, it is inconceivable that people are motivated solely or even mainly by external incentives. The seven deadly flaws of intrinsic motivators. Number one, they can extinguish intrinsic motivators. Once you get past basic threshold levels of fairness and adequacy, carrots and sticks can achieve the opposite of their intended aims. Extrinsic rewards kill intrinsic rewards. Ferdicans cognitive dissidence, the reward becomes the key reason to do it and destroys the intrinsic enjoyment of the task itself. Harlow 1984 found that monkeys enjoyed the intrinsic experience of solving puzzles. The joy of the task was its own reward. The joy of the task was its own reward. When given external motivation, extra food, etc., it actually led to increased mistakes and slower time. Lepper, Nisbet, and Green, 1978, observed how preschool children chose to spend their free play. They divided the children into three groups. Group 1 was told in advance they would get a reward for their drawing, if then. Group 2 were not offered any incentives up front. However, upon their completion, they were given an unexpected gift. Now what? The third group were not promised anything for their efforts, and nor did they receive anything. Two weeks later, the room was laid out with paper and pens during their free play period. Those who had been given the if-then reward drew less than the other two groups. And number two, they can diminish performance, especially long-term. Research has shown that in extrinsic rewards caps growth. If bonus to achieve 10% growth, then why go for 15%? In 2009, LSE analyzed 51 studies of corporate pay for performance plans. They concluded, we find that financial incentives can result in a negative impact on overall performance. DC 1969 discovered that if an incentive is no longer offered, it has led to a reduction in commitment to the task. The original external motivating may provide short-term lifts in performance, but can backfire when no longer offered. Dan Errolly conducted experiments where simple tasks were motivated by different sized incentives. He found those with very high incentive levels, equivalent to five months' pay, fared worse. Too much was at stake, leading them to choke. And number three, they can crush creativity. Bonuses, etc., drives functional fixedness, whereby the incentive so focused action and attention that it prevents wider perspectives to be taken into account, reducing potential creativity. Artists commissioned to do work for people to set briefs often produce less creative work than when they were given free reign. And number four, they can crowd out good behavior. Sociologist Richard Titmus conducted that paying citizens to donate blood would actually lead to a reduction in donation rates as it would be a move from the donation from a socially responsible act of altruism to being financially motivated. Psychologists studied patterns of behavior by parents in a childcare, which required the children to be picked up at 4 p.m. They found that when a fine was imposed for late pickups by the number of offenses doubled, it was hypothesized that the penalty removed the moral guilt and it turned it into a purely financial transaction of buying over time. And number five, 
They can encourage cheating, shortcuts, and unethical behavior. Heavily bonus goals can lead to overly focused actions, which can compromise other areas of the organization, e.g. NASA, Apollo, and in the extreme case, can encourage unethical behavior, e.g. Enron. Number six, they can become addictive. The study of drug abuse can be applied to extrinsic motivators. The more frequently they were given, the more we expect them. This leads to two consequences. Number one, the same amount loses its motivational impact, requiring even larger sums to be paid to extract a similar motivational effect. And number two, when withdrawn, they lead to a slump in behavior. Number seven, they can foster short-term thinking. Researchers have found that companies that spend the most time guiding quarterly earnings deliver significantly lower long-term growth rates than other companies that do not. Extrinsic versus intrinsic driven people. Pink defines the two types of people, type X, extrinsic, are primarily driven by external factors such as money, fame, status symbols, etc. They can often be highly successful but can be troubled by an insatiable appetite for more stuff. The joy of monetary success, for example, never fully satisfies. It quickly evaporates and is replaced by further longing for the next pay rise, the bigger car, etc., etc. Type I's intrinsic motivation comes from within to accomplish something meaningful to them. Success is measured by the task and not by an added-on reward. They have been shown to have higher self-esteem, better interpersonal relations, ships, and greater physical and mental well-being. Type I's will usually outperform type X in the long run. Type I behavior is fueled by three factors. Number one, purpose. Two, mastery. And number three, autonomy. Purpose, mastery, autonomy. They have a clear purpose in mind that is often to master excel in an area and then desire the freedom to do it their own way. We will look at each of these three in more depth. Purpose. Passion behind a meaningful purpose makes us more motivated and engaged. In 1962, Claire Booth Lewis, on the first woman to serve in the U.S. Congress, offered some advice to President John F. Kennedy. A great man, she told him, is one sentence. Abraham Lincoln was, he preserved the Union and freed the slaves. Franklin Roosevelt was, he lifted us out of Great Depression and helped us win a world sentence. Lack of inspiring purpose at work. Everyone benefits from a driving purpose. The issue is most organizations do not have a motivating purpose. Gary Hamlin states, as an emotional catalyst, wealth maximization lacks the power to fully mobilize human energies. Desi, Richmond, Ryan, and Nickman asked graduates at Rochester University about their life goals. And they found that those with extrinsic goals, i.e. to be wealthy, etc., had the same level of self-esteem and satisfaction as when at university, but their stress level was much higher. However, those with intrinsic goals, i.e. to learn, to grow, to help others, etc., reported higher levels of satisfaction and lower anxiety than when at university. They concluded that extrinsic goals, while successful at helping one achieve those goals, do not tend to make people happy. Thus, satisfaction is more to do with what goals you aim for rather than the achievement of the goals themselves. The changing demands of a new generation. 
Gen Ys are demanding more corporate social responsibility. Harvard MBA students have developed their own Hippocratic Oath. My purpose is to serve the greater good. I will strive to create sustainable economic, social, and environmental prosperity worldwide. Co-created teams. The development of teams is starting to change. Teams naturally form around natural leaders, i.e. those who have such a burning passion for a purpose, something that inspires others to self-organize around them. At Gore-Tex, anyone who wants to rise in the ranks and lead a team must assemble people willingly to work for them. Thus, leadership is given by the people, not by management. Likewise, at Whole Foods, it's the peers who decide if a person should be employed after their 30-day trial. The internet now allows geographically desperate people to come together to make escalation and potency of open source projects. Mastery. We have an innate desire to grow and develop. We have an innate desire to grow and develop, to become really good at something. And this mastery leads to a sense of personal fulfillment. But without passion and engagement, mastery will not happen. Gallup research has found that more than 50% of US people are not engaged at work, and 20% are actively disengaged. McKenzie has found that in some countries, only 2-3% to are highly engaged in their work. Mastery even for algorithmic roles. Ryzenensky and Dutton have studied hospital cleaners, nurses and hairdressers, and found many were finding areas of personal mastery that engaged them at work. Three laws of mastery. Number one. Mastery is a mindset. What people believe shapes what they can achieve. What people believe shapes what they can achieve. Dweck demonstrated that those who believed intelligence is genetically fixed are less likely to push themselves and consequently restrict their growth potential for fear of finding out they are not as clever as they think. Conversely, those who believe intelligence can be developed do take risks, do push themselves, and in the end outperform those with a more fixed mindset. Dweck therefore recommends we praise effort, not talent. And number two, mastery is painful. It takes grit, a key determinant for success at West Point, to overcome the inevitable setbacks along the way to mastery. And number three, mastery is an asymptote. Total mastery is never fully realized, which keeps people consistently pushing on. Autonomy. People want autonomy in four areas. Task, time, techniques, and team. Studies have shown that perceived control is an important component of one's happiness. Lack of free will and choice reduces a person's vitality. Having a sense of autonomy has shown to have a powerful effect on performance, attitude, job satisfaction, and causes less burnout. Cornell University studied 320 small businesses, half of which have granted their people autonomy. Their businesses grew at four times the rate of the controlled orientated companies. Economist Francis Green points to the individual lack of discretion at work as the main explanation for declining productivity and job satisfaction in the UK. FedEx days, William Knight, 3M's past president, said, hire good people and leave them alone. They pioneered the idea of allowing staff to spend up to 15% of their time pursuing projects that are of interest for themselves, which might benefit the company. Many companies have adopted the same principles, e.g. Google and Atlassian. Once a quarter, Atlassian, an Australian software company, ran a FedEx day. It's called FedEx because the staff need to deliver the next day. The staff are given 24 hours to work on anything they want, and then show the results the next day. 
These FedEx days have solved many of their software issues. Autonomy, even for mundane tasks. Even some quite simple roles can benefit from autonomy. Call centers which have heavily scripted responses and carefully monitored response call times have turnover rates of 35%, double of that of the UK average. Zappos, the US shoes online retailer, do not monitor the calls and have no scripts. They even pass down the discretion of how to address complaints. Their mission is to provide the best customer service possible. They often use home shoring, where they can have calls diverted to their own homes. Turnover is minimal. And that's a wrap on Drive by Daniel H. Pink. Subscribe to our channel now for future summaries and check out our website bestbookbits.com for the written and audio summary. The website is a mass with hundreds of book summaries from the classics to the current. Have a browse to help further your education through the power of books. Like, comment or share if you got something from this summary. Thanks for watching and have yourself an amazing day.